0: Hello, and welcome to Angular. My name is Jeff Welpley. I'm your host today. And we have a great show in store. Uh, I heard that last week when I was away, they had a great show talking about Angular material that went really into depth, got into really technical, talking about a lot of different things. Uh, this show won't be anything like that. It's just going to be us goofing off for an hour and shooting the shit. So uh, let's uh, get into things after I do a quick... Um, sponsor spot, that we have two uh, sponsors for this episode. Uh, One is from Hired.com, who is gonna be a new sponsor that's gonna be ramping up, and uh, they're gonna be a great partner if you don't already use them, if you're looking for a job, or you need a new uh, recruit, a new developer, definitely check out uh, Hired.com. And also, there's a conference coming up in Israel, um, Angular up, -up angular-up.com. Uh, so definitely check that out. There's going to be a lot of great speakers there, um, and they give you a tour of the Dead Sea, just like it's a cool area to be in. So if you get the chance, definitely um, check it out at angular-up.com. And on the show today, we have our usual all-star panel, starting with Austin. Austin eyes. How's it going? <laughs> and Justin Schwartzberger. Schortzenberger.
1: Hey, what's going on? And Mike Brocky, Happy to be here.
0: All right. So in typical way that we run some of these discussion shows, uh, we just want to get kind of an update from the panelists of what you guys have been working on to start off. And Mike, why don't you start
2: first? All right. Uh, Surprise, surprise. I have been working on the CLI. Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, pretty much all I've really been doing, um, outside of my day job, uh, where I'm actually working on an Angular application, uh, but just trying to, uh, get things ready. We've been nearing, uh, closer to release, uh, trying to work out some bugs and, uh, trying to get our documentation up to date and, uh, helpful to people. Actually, I just got pinged early, earlier today about an issue with the docs of, hey, I'm trying to do this, but the docs say something different than what's going on. That's because uh, we need to update our docs, and we're working on that. And also performance, trying to uh, speed some things up with our rebuild times, and uh, as well as performance of the CLI itself, outside of building and uh, live reload.
0: So, Mike, when are you throwing everything out and starting over again with the CLI?
2: <laughs> I, I pretty much every Monday, um, we aim to do that. Um, so that's how's awesome. that going? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, we, we've rebuilt it all since yesterday. We, we're doing good.
3: Has it been converted to Yarn yet? All right. Uh,
2: you want to talk about Yarn in the CLI? We can do that. Uh, <laughs> so people are, have reported that they're using Yarn just fine with the CLI. So right now we are kind of let Yarn um, get its bases put to it, and um, we will look into possibly integrating it later on. But for right now, if you want to use Yarn with the CLI, just uh, do a dash dash skip dash NPM. Um, when you are creating your new project or initializing it so that it doesn't install via NPM. And then you can install all the dependencies from package.json with Yarn and manage it through Yarn. If that's what you want to do with your project, that's completely fine with us.
0: And then your last uh, two episodes ago, I guess, we had a planning session about the CLI on Angular Air where we kind of assigned you like five or six different tasks that you were supposed to complete. So I wanted to check in on that and see if all of those are done yet.
2: A few of them, yes. Uh, I think Justin brought up the one that was to be able to default the change detection strategy and the view encapsulation. And I believe that has already been merged into master. I don't know if it was part of the latest release, um, if not, it should be part of the next release. Uh, Wait, are you kidding? No. No, <laughs> no, no. no. We have yeah, to- so, so,
0: yeah, basically, if you guys want um, any work to get done, like Angular-related, especially CLI-related, just email mike at brocky.com
2: and expect <laughs> by within a week or two. I don't own the domain. I wish I did.
3: You should also, we should start a petition so that he has to start wearing a broccoli head.
2: I'm in the market for one. Also, if anybody wants to register to try and get a broccoli emoji, I will change my uh, Twitter name to be Mike and then the broccoli emoji. But it's probably not yet.
1: Nice, nice. I just got back from BlizzCon where there's a ton of cosplay. So I should have hit somebody up there to uh, make you a, a broccoli head. That would
2: I would totally wear probably it. Been key. I wasn't thinking, sorry. I just got back from a Google Developer uh, Group conference down in Florida over the weekend. And I sure enough uh, wore my broccoli shirt uh, for the, uh, speaking there as well. So I'll be happy what to. That? What's that?
3: How was the conference?
2: It was great. Uh, I met a lot of really uh, cool and interesting people. Uh, some people doing different things, which was nice. Some people talking about uh, Project Tango, which I'm not totally familiar with, but some uh, augmented reality. Um, so got introduced to that world a little bit as well as a bunch of Android developers, so kind of getting up to speed and learning a little bit more about what's going on with some native uh, development directly native within Android. As well as a nice little uh, script talk and talk to Dan Wilson from the script team as well. So
3: Was that web and augmented reality or just augmented reality?
2: Just yeah. augmented reality, not web-based.
0: Very cool. Anything else going on, Mike, in your neck of the woods besides the CLI walk?
2: No, I'm just here for my uh, weekly status planning to see what you guys are going to task me with for the week.
0: (laughs) Good, good. I have this uh, marked uh, on my calendar.
3: I have this marked on my calendar as Scrum.
0: (laughs) And we'll see how well we can do that. All right, Justin, you mentioned that uh, you were at a conference recently. What, What have you been up to?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I was at a BlizzCon, so it wasn't a tech conference, it was a gaming conference. Um, so I had a chance to kind of relax and uh, uh, do some game stuff, so that was cool. Um, <clears throat> lately at uh, work stuff, I'm really trying to figure out kind of our plan and our architecture for uh, using uh, NGRX and Redux, um, trying to figure out some complex scenarios with our. Uh, store model and our structure for our store, kind of thinking about how we want to normalize that and lay that out and then, and react to that as well. Uh, One of the things kind of you're
3: switching to react.
1: No, I react to it, not necessarily create react app. So, um, but uh, you know, thinking about things like uh, one of the approaches we're kind of looking at is is having our store model be represented with a couple segments, like a, a data segment and a UI segment where the UI segment would be everything that's dictating in terms of UI. Like this is open, that's open, you know, you're, you're dragging, you're dropping this sort of thing. And then the data would be the, the data that we could, you know, display and stuff like that. So a lot of that stuff lately. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Awesome. I, I, now, from the chat within our Slack group, uh, it seems like you've been uh, doing a lot of stuff—a lot of stuff that you're enthusiastic about. So I'm always uh,
3: enthusiastic.
0: Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what have you been up to? What, what's going on?
3: Yeah. So, um, just last week, um, I uh, I was on that show, you know, not too long ago, talking about um, my data table project. I rewrote it all to use on push. It's a pretty sizable change, actually. Um, and as a result, I have about 50 new bugs. Yay. Hey. <laughs> um, but it, it it was a pretty uh, interesting challenge to kind of take that from, you know, whatever they call the normal change detection um, and, and make it the on push and kind of switch it to... Um, Switch it to making making it reactive, right? So you can't just implement on push without making everything reactive. And so there took a lot of work to kind of make that. Um,
0: were you were you using NgRx, or what? What are you doing um, to make it reactive?
3: Um, no NgRx. I mean, it's it's a dumb control, right? So you just kind of it's one way down, right? And so you know when there's when you do things like. I don't know you reorder the columns or something like that. It propagates it all the way up, right? I requested to reorder columns and then you can decide if you want to continue with that reaction and push it all the way down. And so there, there's no store or anything like that. Um, I just can't get my head around redux pattern. That's, I don't know what it is. I just, I struggle with it, which is, I just can't get my head around it. Um, but work in progress, of course. <laughs> um, so I've been working on that. Had a big new release there. When we did 1.0. Uh, I redid the demo page. So we've got a pretty demo page now. Everyone loves demos. Um, and, yeah, we're just kind of moving forward on on some of that. Another project that I don't think I've talked about on the show, I think Justin might have brought up, though, is um, a charting library uh, that I've been working on as well. Um, and... Uh, basically the premise behind it is instead of kind of using the craziness of D3s like um, jQuery-esque syntax, you know, we wrote a data visualization library using Angular, where Angular actually paints the SVGs. And then we actually are still using a little bit of D3 to actually handle the math. D3's got an awesome library for all that stuff. So we're still using a little bit of D3 to handle some of the accesses and, and some of that type of stuff, but overall, it's using SVGs to paint it, which just opens up like a slew of craziness that you could start doing with, you know, AOT and Universal and Native Script and whatever. Well, whatever we call Native Script now, but um, etc. So it, that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty much what I've been working on.
0: Very cool. Very cool. All right, uh, I will give, some, so um, I've been crazy busy like usual, but um, specifically, we just announced this past week something I've been working on for a long time that I have actually mentioned in other previous discussion shows uh, that we were uh, trying to raise money, and so we finally closed a round uh, for Get Human, um, our seed round of funding. Uh, so I'm definitely excited about that. It's sort of, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of thoughts, probably a whole series of other podcasts uh, talking about just uh, that whole process. And that's sort a of thing for people that are interested. But, you know, in short, it, it's been an interesting experience because um, over the past three years, three years, yeah, something like that, we've been just bootstrapping. And the the mentality of, you know, bootstrapping and building your business kind of incrementally and kind of like grinding it out is uh, completely different than when you take on uh, venture capital. Um, And, you know, I mean, not necessarily good or bad. I mean, there's advantages, disadvantages. But it was one of these things that we actually thought uh, about what we wanted to do and, and whether to do it at all because we could have just kept on going the way we were. But I think uh, ultimately it is going to be a good decision. And uh, certainly, you know, now having kind of like uh, successfully raised a little bit of money and able to like start moving to the next level of our uh, business. I I guess there's a lot of excitement, a lot of like uh, passion for our kind of long term goals, trying to achieve those. So uh, then uh, what that means is uh, a lot of stuff in terms of the things that I'm specifically working on. So we're hiring uh, lots of people. I have a couple of people started last week, and then next week we're building all sorts of new stuff. So just like Justin was talking about how he's in the the thick of it, building out a new architecture for all the Angular 2 stuff, I'm actually doing the same. We actually have a pretty massive code base of a variety of different apps, mostly Angular 1-based. And, you know, we're uh, building kind of the foundation for our next stack of uh, for all of our new apps and a lot of interesting stuff in that. Um, You know, two things I just like kind of quickly wrote down here. I mean, there's a ton of things like interesting things as I was kind of going through stuff. One like really small thing that like. No one actually would, I guess, care about this unless you were trying to use Angular, Angular's D.I on the server side, like on, not just um, for the web, like for your actual API. So like I, I, one of the things I'm trying to actually extend all of the Angular 2 concepts um, throughout the code base. So using types, TypeScript throughout the code base, using the code base. And uh, one interesting thing is that even if you are using DI like in your API layer, let's say with Node, you don't actually have to use any Angular libraries at all. What you can do is just uh, created in such a way so everything is kind of class encapsulated just like you would with services for the front end. And you have to expose just like a basic plain old JavaScript object for your providers just like, you know, you would with, uh, you know, a library of front end services. And the one thing that was like annoying me um, that I was like, ah, but you have to like, you do have to include Angular library for just like that one decorator for the injectable decorator. And that was like really like uh, annoying me that just like for that one little thing that I had to include the, the whole Angular core library in um, the, on the API side. Not that it matters that much, but it's just like a weird thing. But then Pavel, who um, uh, uh, does a ton of work in, in the community, uh, pointed out that actually you don't. Like actually that in, uh, decorator, that at injectable that you put on um, – you know your your services really doesn't do anything. Uh, all it all it does having any decorator, any decorator at all, and you have and as long as you have in your it's a TypeScript thing that in your ts config if you have on emit um, whatever it's called on emit uh, uh, decorators or, or something where it actually emits the type information. Um, so you you set that flag in your ts config. Then anytime you have any decorator in any class. TypeScript during the transpilation will include the type information for the constructor in the transpiled JavaScript. And that is what allows um, when DI is going through your, um, you instantiating your different classes, that's what, how it picks up on, okay, this type to kind of those kind of sub dependencies that you're passing into your constructor. So uh, knowing that thing's really easy. Then I didn't have to include Um, any, um, you know, any Angular at all. And I just had just some other, whatever. I created my own injectable uh, decorator, which really just didn't do anything. Um, But you add it to basically all of your backend API service classes. And then when you kind of bring everything together, you obviously have to use, um, when you actually spin up your server, you have to use the Angular uh, reflect injector to kind of like at the top level to kind of bring everything together but the great thing is that you don't have to use that at all throughout the rest of your code base
2: when's the blog um, so article anyway, that,
0: yeah <laughs> i yeah i should actually that that uh, probably would be a good one i'll uh, i'll write one up this weekend for that <laughs> but no I, I this is like such a niche thing but i i just thought it was interesting so whatever other work on how to create multi-platform apps, like it's, it's something with Angular Universal, obviously, I've been interested in for a while of like you know rendering the client server, like you know having this app that you write the, the same code base using in multiple places. And so now I'm really interested in doing it on native too. Uh, so I've been, uh, you know, in particular with NativeScript, been doing a lot of um, stuff with that. And uh, I, we're going to have a topic later in the show talking about NativeScript in particular. Um, but... Uh, a lot of interesting stuff in in starting to see exactly how you can um, code like effectively. And I I think um, we don't have like the final answer yet, but I I actually am really looking forward to in like six months down the road or something, having a, definitely a a good blog post, a good uh, talk material basically going over how you can actually share your templates, your actual UI layer native and web which is i I think most people right now and even the native script people themselves we say that like they're more like oh you know use different templates and then um, use the same like service layer or the same like using grx or whatever you can share something like that but I, i think you can go further so i i mean we'll see how far that goes but that's at least something that we are diving pretty deep into Fodder for a lot of uh, future discussion. And then, uh, oh, and then the last thing I was just going to talk about was so, as a result of, you know, kind of new stuff that I'm working on and, and expanding team and whatever, uh, I'm starting to like cut down some of my other responsibilities. So, like, actually, uh, Angular Universal, which I'd already started to kind of less and less of over time. Uh, Jeff, Jeff Cross has been um, doing a lot more with, uh, from the Angular core team of taking over that library. And so actually both Patrick and I are starting to more and more to Jeff Cross and Alex Ricaba and a couple other people in the Angular core team. And uh, with the idea being that their universal stuff is in that separate universal repo, but they're actually starting to pull a lot of the biggest pieces into Angular core itself, um, which is going to be actually great for everybody all around because um, that'll just mean that there's going to be um, more improvements more frequently. There's going to be more people working on it. Um, So that's all definitely good news. talking with them and, and just trying to like with, with some of that transition. Um, But they are taking over, you know, a lot of that. And we'll probably have just, like, a lot of the sugar, you know, the stuff that isn't as critical to, like, the core of Angular, like, just, like, nice – the sugar libraries, um, nice-to-haves or whatever that will remain kind of as third-party of core. And then, uh, yeah, uh, that's pretty much it for me for for, – I'm – also paring down conferences in 2017. Uh, so like I'm going to do a whole thing at NGConf for a workshop, but I think I'm going to defer that. Ho- hopefully by the time of um, Angular Connect next year, um, I'll be back into the thick of things. But uh, these first like six months is uh, pretty critical for a lot of the stuff that we're working on.
4: Any plans to attend and... the uh, ng-cruise conference?
0: No, you know, I really wanted to. I, I, I loved uh, talking about that with Tracy. Like basically the next six months, there's like a very specific set of, like we basically promised investors, like as part of like money, right? They like, okay, you got all this money. You have to actually like give everything. So uh, especially these first six months are super important. Uh, then there'll be like a little bit of breathing room. So like I, I pretty much are black in blacking, everything everything out uh, during that time and uh ng cruise unfortunately is during that so um yeah hey Alyssa, how are you doing I, we haven't uh, gotten to you yet so why don't you jump in right there and uh we, we basically going around just talking about what we've been working on um what we've been doing Uh, and that type of thing. So yeah, let us us know. What have you been doing?
4: Cool. Uh, So I am a GDE as of the last like six months. So that's kind of cool. I've gotten some connections through that. And so I've actually been talking a little bit with like the Firebase team about what they have um, and what they're doing. So that's been cool on the Angular Firebase side. But as far as my daily job, it's kind of not as exciting because I'm rewriting Angular one two one five components and then our plan is to move those into Angular 2 and it's kind of this um, monster of an application and so it's one of those things where you're like you have JavaScript files that are the no touchy JavaScript files because they touch so many things that as soon as you start to refactor them you don't even know where to start testing because it's just gotten out of control. So I'm trying to learn the best ways of um, writing for the future of like obviously this is Angular so writing for the future of this Angular app um, so that we can be like you know future thinking and like we want to get this over to two but also not breaking the crap out of everything <laughs> so <laughs> that's been kind of a fun um, learning experience and I'm excited to actually get to the point where like I get to be on your side where you're, you're like working with Angular two um, and not just getting to that point but yeah so um, and conferences yeah applying at Lots of conferences,
0: so. To be clear, I I mean, I think that I'm probably like most people, and actually, Justin, I don't know if you're in this case, but for us, like, I I am actually separating out, like, the transition, like our Angular 1 to Angular 2 transition, like actually migrating that code versus, like, Greenfield. Like, you know, okay, there's a brand-new app that we have to create. And so a lot of the stuff we're doing right now is more the Greenfield type. And, like, for us, I mean, I think – To each have a slight variation of this plan so I'd be interested for you guys in particular like which variation you guys are doing but for us it's like a hard line okay Greenfield uh, anything else Angular 1 for right now and then once we have our Angular 2 apps in production and we start like uh, creating a better plan like and, and just like you're talking about Alyssa maybe you you start to iterate a little bit on your Angular 1 apps to like get come closer and only then uh, later on down the road, will we start kind of the migrating and in, in particular by uh, a uh, founder uh, really wants us to like invest in like automated tooling, like our, our own custom automated tooling with the way that we build things to see how much we can kind of like, things again, once we have on the like next generation side. Uh, okay. So listen, like, Automatic converter?
4: I know. Conver- I want to know more about that That <laughs> tooling.
0: <laughs> That's what I heard. So for us, it, it um, it's not everything that we can do it with, but actually just because of the way we built our Angular 1 app, we actually can in some cases because we did build, even though in the Angular 1, um, with Angular 1 library, we built it in a component-based way with a very specific format. Like every single... Component is in the exact same format. Like we we were actually really good about structuring that way. So that sort of lets you do some like translation stuff um, in an automated way if you build the right tooling, which is what I'm starting to look at. But like it, it's it's a mission until you like actually have your next gen like fully solid because then you just like don't know what you're actually converting it to. Um, but once you do, then like it's much easier. You can let like, you have like the and you can kind of. Uh, not with everything, but with some stuff start to. Uh,
4: How long have you worked on like that, like project or app in particular? Like, were you there from the beginning?
0: Yeah. 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 That, that's okay. things that I, I created from scratch three years yes. ago and then get from the beginning. Oh, so all that'd all be so
4: nice. Code,
3: so all the sucky code is your code, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I got no one to uh, blame except myself. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> So, what were you guys going to do for the transition? So, you're you're iterating now to improve your Angular One app. Like, then, what are you going to? Are you just going to like see how it goes, or do you have any thoughts of what you're going to do in the future?
4: Um, Well, right now we're still it's a startup, so there's four devs, and it's me and one other front end dev, and then two back end devs. And so, right now we're still having a conversation about keeping CoffeeScript around. And my other front end dev really thinks that we (laughs) can do it and that we should do it. Um, I feel like kind of a noob in this area, so I don't want to be like, no, we must TypeScript. But at the same time, uh, I don't really see a ton of CoffeeScript and Angular 2 resources out there, so that worries me a little bit. But
3: CoffeeScript is technical debt.
4: <laughs> I know. I know that's what I was I was like how long is this going to be um even a thing because right now there might be you know a couple of people out there doing it but I feel like it's mainly TypeScript so I don't know
3: Ruby people do it
4: It
0: it
4: how did you know we're Ruby on Rails people
0: oh yeah yeah of course of course
4: uh as you said
2: that as you mentioned CoffeeScript I watched Austin he turned into a time bomb and as soon as that countdown of when you were done talking, he was just going to explode with some sort of comment about CoffeeScript.
4: So, yeah, I think we'll, it's more of a see how it goes right now because we haven't even decided like exactly um, if we're going to continue using CoffeeScript. And I think it's just a scary move because of how not organized. Like, your, your app sounds like a dream, honestly, <laughs> because I was like, oh, wow, you get to use tooling to just transpile everything that's wow so i i don't know i i don't have a battle a battle plan yet but if you have you know any advice that would be awesome
3: don't don't do it
0: well you know i i I mean i think that i i see developers all the time like take hard line stances on opinions that are really tomato tomato and that is like kind of frustrating so it's like and I think what I'm hearing from you, I, I think I feel this sometimes too, where like I'm afraid, like I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be the person who like, it might feel in your gut, like this doesn't seem right. It's like, okay, do I? How much do I really want to argue this thing? That's like an actual like issue, or is it just like my own uncomfortableness? And you kind of like almost yeah, raging.
4: Out. That's like so, a daily thing. It's not even on like just JavaScript side, but it's like when I'm doing like and designs or working on the back end it's like is this is this just me being stubborn or is this actually what's best for the user the right way to do it the way that will be like easiest to maintain in the future so i don't haven't really found that voice yet
2: But to me there's a difference between tomato tomato and tomato pumpkin (laughs) 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 they're they're vastly different
4: but how do you identify pumpkins right like it,
0: and that's what I was going to get to is that like, script like TypeScript, hard, and it's, it's hard concept. sometimes. Like, but with this in very specific issue, I, I can't say for everything or like have even a general framework of how you figure that out. But I can tell you that for this specific issue, a uh, uh, strong foregone conclusion that like the community has honed in on TypeScript for Angular two, like every like. Just to give you some locations, which like is fodder for this. So originally they were going to do documentation like on the angular.io site in like languages. They were going to do it in like ES5 and TypeScript and ES6 and, you know, CoffeeScript or whatever. Um, but I think they eventually gave up because they're like, no, forget that. Like it's, it's easier to just do one. Everybody's doing TypeScript. TypeScript makes a lot more sense. It looks better with Angular 2 you know, the core team clearly uses TypeScript. They've already kind of bought into the fact that, um, they don't even have to like. In uh, many examples outside of uh, TypeScript stuff and they kind of just leave it up to the user to decide. And so it's one know, of those
4: things where you can almost look at the community and who's using yeah. it based on whether it's pumpkin or what was it? Apple.
3: <laughs> tomato, tomato. I've actually got, um, I actually had a, if anyone knows me, I'm, I was like big anti typescript. Um, and, uh, I actually had a really interesting conversation at NgConf with Brad and the team about, you know, why typescript, right? Like why, why are we going to use something that is like, you know, like coffee scripts? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, uh, like why, why would we deviate from, you know, like the spec, the ECMA spec, et cetera? And there's actually, um, and, and I don't, and, and you guys can feel free to correct me on this, but there, there are some actual things that either haven't landed yet or are coming very soon that will only be eligible for TypeScript. Um, things that you can, like, shorten Um, because of your AOT right like I can cut down variable names of classes and things like that and I can cut those down from my 20 thing 20 long foobar fun component class name to like foo or f1 or whatever that may be and that those things are only available through typescript and and having that type reflection and things like that so
4: so you you said that you weren't always on board with typescript what won you over
3: I didn't say that I was
1: won over. <laughs> uh, no, you I can I, say that now, though. If you want to, you can say you can admit that now if you like. Here's <laughs> a platform. Think
3: that, I think um, I think that the general adoption that I've seen in the community, because um, I, I don't know if you've ever looked, TypeScript's actually been around for forever, right? Um, and no one has used it except for the like crazy C sharp.net developer you have on your team. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, the, the adoption has really grown substantially. And I think as you start seeing, you know, more people using it, just the tooling, right? I, I have been doing this for a while and I have like, I don't need types, right? But once you kind of get in there and you start using it, it's like, Oh, I didn't have to reload for that to tell me that I mistyped that, right? So there's a lot of like tooling benefits, and then you, everyone knows types are going to land eventually. It's just like classes; everyone fought it for forever, and they eventually happen. It,
4: it just feels like we're giving up our JavaScript soul, you know? Like we're <laughs> we're the hipster kids, and we don't want to go to all these like rules, right? Like what? No, so you can I just, always
3: write ES three.
4: <laughs> wait and, oh, and, and, awesome. you know,
0: oh go
1: ahead Justin for me for me, I really look at it as I'm writing future forward JavaScript and I'm saving it as a TS file and then eventually maybe I want to sprinkle in some types or whatnot and I get to there but really I focus on, on TypeScript as being the solution for writing future forward JavaScript um, and not really having to buy into what you might say the TypeScript things until I really decide I want to go that route so um, I'm just
3: there's always the Babel plugin remove flow types that you can use if you ever just want to get rid of all of it.
4: <laughs> I had I was at a conference two weeks ago in Kansas City. It was a DevOps conference, and I had some other front end people like approach me after they heard my talk, and they were like, "Have you heard the good news about Elm?" And I was like, "The tree, like Elm tree." And so that that it's just so funny that you know we're talking about basically bastardizing this, you know, TypeScript by pulling out all these things. It's the reason people are like, you should use it just to make it more like the good old JavaScript. <laughs> and it just, I feel like people who love things like Elm would kind of be blushing right now. I at, at
0: <laughs> well, you know. So just on that subject, like I, I feel like, um, you know, there, there's a couple of different extremes or like there's a spectrum basically of you know, typing, and functional programming, and, like, maybe not um, just, like, one-line, HTML uh, type thing, but the, the, there's languages, like, that are further on the extreme, you know, Elm, maybe, like, PureScript, you know, some other stuff like that that is goes even deeper than TypeScript does. I feel like... And this is just, for me, everybody kind of has their own kind of pains on this. Uh, this this is this is a tomato tomato thing. This is not one of those... Like um, things that is, is definitive, but I, for me, TypeScript is like the right balance. That that it it, it follows, it is JavaScript for all intents and purposes, um, and then it's kind of like just filling in there the typing, kind of like adding it to enhancing it a little bit. You know, which is is very different if then going like full force into, um, you know, something like PureScript or or whatever else where it's just like. Um, or there's a couple other ones like that that, um, it, I mean, are good in some perspective because it's not that it's more pure. It's more like th- this is how it's supposed to be. It's like a rethinking of uh, of implementing types and functional programming and everything. But um, I don't know. It, I guess it, it's pers- it comes down to sometimes a personal taste thing and what you're used to.
2: I think one thing is worth pointing out, and I believe it was a tweet by Justin, our uh, uh, super panelist over here on my left, uh, that he said that the only thing that you need from TypeScript to to use TypeScript within Angular 2 is just for dependency injection. As long as you're just using the type of the class, you don't necessarily need to type anything else. But to save you from having to create a token for dependency injection uh, by writing raw JavaScript, that in itself is a reason enough um, to to write your files using TypeScript.
4: Do you think that people will look down on you for only using that part (laughs) of TypeScript, right? Like, are we going to be, are people going to look through my code and be like, oh, noob. Yeah.
2: I'm not saying that's what I do. I'm just saying that that's really the only thing that really saves you a whole lot of extra work um, is just to, when you're using dependency injection, if you want food service, just say that you're injecting food service of type food service, and you don't have to type anything else. Uh, no other types need to be specified in your application, but just my my uh, app,
3: I actually, in my app, I actually am using Babel with a dependency injection plugin that someone wrote that literally just kind of does all that magic for you. And I don't have types. My app is, you know, my app is really old, not old, but you know, relative, right. And it's got a lot of angular one code. And so the value, and I'm wanting to add angular Two, And so the value of like doing that huge migration when I can just use this plugin and I've already been using Babel, it kind of made
1: sense. Yeah, so I I think like for me, when I focus on that, I I mentioned that because I get a lot of people, I hear a lot of people all the time saying, well, I don't want to do Angular because of the TypeScript thing. I don't want to do the TypeScript thing. And, And it really, I think if you look at it and break it down, it's like, you only need to really do that for constructor injection. And the rest of it is really just future forward JavaScript. So whether you're doing Babel or something else like that, I mean, you're kind of doing that same pattern, right? So um, so just kind of trying to get that thought process of like, look, this is not a barrier to entry to doing Angular and and this sort of thing. It's it's like, really, it's, it's not as bad as a lot of people write about in terms of, oh, no, TypeScript sort of thing. So I just want to kind of... Kind of dispel that and make that look you can get in there you can still write your javascript right Um, and then you can just adaptively decide i want to do more typing i want to ride with type inference whatever you want to do sort of thing but it's it's really not a a, that much of a barrier i got to find this other tweet that um a really good description as well so i'll see if i can find that but
0: although I, i would say with what you're saying justin is that um the caveat there is that in my mind it's it's not quite like a a solid like spectrum. Like you're thinking like there is like one side where, okay, I just want to use it for um, sugar for a DI in which case, if, if that is truly all you're doing and you don't want to be annoyed by constant warnings from the TypeScript compiler, you end up like turning off a lot of the compiler stuff, right? In which case you actually don't get, um, a lot of the benefits from, you know, the other side benefits of TypeScript. So yeah, okay, you're, you're basically just achieving at that point, you know, having something a little bit nicer sugar for DI. And like that that might be good enough, it's totally legit. To turn on the normal sets of like warnings and errors, like when you're doing TypeScript compilation, I mean, some people, I guess, just ignore them like they, or whatever. Uh, I, I, I'm just like, just uh, my personality or something like that. I, I can't do that. Like if there's just a the small, I'll, I'll spend like hours fixing some dumb typing issue that like, uh, you know, should, it, it doesn't actually stop anything. Like you still run your app, but like, I, no, I got to get rid of this. Why is it saying that node was already brought in? Like, I, what? uh, so th- there is still some of that, but uh, I think from what I've seen, at least, a lot of those types of frustrations are sort of short term short term because they're mostly related around like not understanding some of like the particulars uh, for some like uh, you know for external libraries most of the time. like for me, this is what I've seen. like for when you're bringing in other libraries and like it- managing some of the types for some of those other dependencies, you run into like some issues if you don't know how to like set it up correctly. But um, once you get past that, and especially once you start building, a larger code base. I mean, I guess that's key is that if you're building like a small app, then I don't see any much of, of value, but like, if you're building a larger code base, you have more than a couple people on your team. Uh, I just think there's huge benefits like, and and everyone I know that has actually given it a legit shot in those types of environments, has seen those benefits have reaped the rewards. I, I, I don't know of anyone who, who've, uh, and there, I'm sure there is, but, who have actually given it a fair shot in, you know, larger app and they're just like, forget this. And they, they threw it away eventually. Like they, they eventually like do see um, the, the value when you're refactoring, when you're running into issues.
4: Austin, are you saying you have one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I may, me. I mean, I, I'm, we're still
3: rocking Babel, right? Like, or how you say it? Um, and like, it, yeah, it, it would be awesome if some genie like that wear a broccoli head would come and refactor all my code to um, uh, TypeScript tonight. But I'm running Babel, and I don't have TypeScript type acquisition errors every five minutes and, and that type of thing. And it works fine for me, and I, I think it's what works best for you, right? Is, like, your,
4: is your app pretty large?
3: 60,000 lines of code on JavaScript front end online.
4: Good Lord.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: We, uh, i you we up and I, in TypeScript in about 10 minutes. I'll quote question,
0: you. All. But uh, I, I don't want to just stick to the, the TypeScript topic for the whole. <laughs> episode um so let's jump to a couple other quick things that i wanted to make sure we got to the first of which being that ng europe just occurred now uh because i I spoke at angular connect i am not legally allowed to europe uh talks uh or so uh, that's what i'm assuming is the case um so you guys let me know what 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 happened even Did, did did anybody actually go show up to that conference what happened Everybody watch it maybe that's the thing maybe maybe it didn't occur i
2: don't know it definitely occurred and i've watched talks online but i did not attend uh but there were some very very interesting talks that came out of that um tarot gave an amazing talk uh, about um it's music-based application that is just absolutely beautiful and uh, both uh, the, the the audio and the visual. So it was a really, really well put together talk. Um, again, having fun with Angular, not just the typical line of business application, but it was just a really well put together talk.
1: Yeah, there's a talk, uh, Andre, Andre Salt, I think, uh, on RxJS, breaking that down and really going, um, I just started to watch it, but I've heard about it, that it really does a good job of breaking down um, it from a raw standpoint of building up uh, observables and stuff like that. And that was supposed to be a really good one as well.
0: Yeah. Andre is an interesting guy. He, he's the author of cycle JS. And if you guys haven't had the chance, I highly recommend that you look on egghead IO. Uh, I believe all the cycle JS. I believe. And it's, it's super interesting. Even, I mean, if you have no intention of actually using cycle because it's a framework built completely on Rx. Like it's basically X to like the extreme of just like, okay, what if we just did everything reactive, like from top to bottom framework just on, on that. And so it's really interesting to see what things look like when you like kind of go to that extreme and you can actually take a lot of the stuff that he talks about in his egghead videos to Angular, to using Rx in Angular, which I'm not sure if he talked about that in his talk, but I'm I'm sure um, most people that know his work have that same thing as well. Anyone else see any any other NG talks? I might be Brian.
3: There Uh, was an Angular NG Animate talk that was really good. I am desperately needing the expression so I can do... Tokened animations.
0: I have no idea what you're
4: doing right now.
3: I don't know. What what is that? That's my impersonation of CNN or something.
4: (laughs) Do you mean like anime, like the art style, or anime like animations?
3: Animations.
4: Oh, I was like, there was an anime talk.
0: (laughs) 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 That was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Someone's got to propose that for NGConf. I NG submitted Anima. my panda
3: talk, my NG panda talk for NGConf.
0: Very cool. Did you? Uh, the rest of you guys submit NGConf talks already?
1: Yeah, I submitted an NGConf talk and an NG cruise talk.
3: What are you? What are you talking on? Can you tell us?
1: I'm not talking on anything yet. I won't know till till Valentine's <laughs> Day.
3: Ah. I did I did NG Cruise too. I submitted a talk up there too. Um, t- I'm going to be uh, talking about WebVR.
0: Cool. That's a good topic.
2: I submitted to NG Cruise. I have not yet submitted to NG Conf. I'm still trying to think of something. Um, but speaking of uh, things that I th- I've talked about, there's also a really good talk by uh, Hans Larsen, who works uh, for Google and um, works on the CLI at NG Europe. He gave a really nice talk at uh, NG Europe. I uh, told a really nice story along with his talk. So it was really... Uh, Interesting and uh, gives you a little bit more information about the CLI. I might be biased, but that's all right.
0: Very cool. All right. So, yeah, everybody check out the talks online. And, um, oh, also wanted to talk about today um, native script. So, I didn't earlier if we were going to. Oh, I wrote a blog post like uh, two months ago, something like that, uh, maybe a little bit longer ago, about. The idea of like <clears throat> we have this thing called NativeScript, which was built just as its own mechanism, JavaScript-based framework to build native apps. You know, similar to React Native, um, but its own. You know, not associated with any framework. You know, just its own thing, and a different philosophy than uh, React Native in certain areas. Um, you know, one of which being that NativeScript. Higher level API that abstracts out the specific iOS or Android APIs. And you can actually use those. And, and one of the cool things with NativeScript, besides that, that higher level abstraction, is that at the lower level APIs, basically they have something that generates API, lower level API for anything that exists within uh, the actual native libraries. So, in other words, there's there's feature there's parity, the specific native libraries and then the JavaScript you know wrapper around those. Whereas with React Native, it's like a subset, so you end up actually having to write you know native like iOS code, like actual like in Swift or whatever, um, you know, more frequently than not. Like the I've seen, at least uh, from people I've talked to, and this is probably evolving over time, but at least the people I've talked to that have created React Native apps. Um, it ends up at like 20%, something like that of their app is still not JavaScript. It's it's the actual native native uh, code. Like right, there's some stuff that they can share, but they're writing a lot of code, you know, specific for iOS or specific for Android. So there are some like differences, you know, in sort of approach and that type of thing. But um, NativeScript, you know, earlier this year really attached itself to Angular 2 built uh, a renderer within Angular 2 so that you can write an Angular 2 app with templates that render, you know, using script you know, directly to the um, – it's been growing steadily in popularity. It's been kind of exploding the past couple of months especially. And so, you know, I wrote this blog post a couple months ago about how, you know, really it's a mouthful to say native script with integration to angular two that, that's just like uh, and it's boring and it's you know whatever I it, it, you know it's much uh, sexier to just say angular native like it it, it it you know just in those like two words you kind of like see you, you, the, people understand it like because you, you understand what react native is a lot of people do because it's like pretty popular at this point and it's like oh, okay this is the angular version of it the only of confusion that I've heard is whether you know that th- it's it's Angular using like this exact same thing as React underneath the scenes, and and it is like something different. Um, but besides that, like it, it's something that I think most people can grok pretty. Um, but the problem came, and what? In the oh, was, <laughs> Austin's combing his dog as I'm talking pay attention um, austin <laughs> totally distracting so anyway I, i'll get to the point uh, and and basically uh what i didn't realize that i inadvertently stepped in a big pile of poo because um and, and that totally austin <laughs> totally just got in my head with the dog okay anyway uh because um it, it's it, there a big difference that is that NativeScript and the Angular core team Angular is run by Google, and and NativeScript is run by Telerik, which is owned by Progress, two separate companies, right? Whereas they're both under the same company. And so even though technically there are some, like, open library stuff that is called, like, Angular something, ended up being kind of like – uh, you know, somewhat sensitive issue around calling something officially at like such like a high-profile thing, Angular something, like Angular Native, because the insinuation that it's actually the Google team that's actually controlling it, um, which they are not. Uh, it is actually the NativeScript team. It's, it, they have, Like the Google team has literally nothing to do with it uh, other than kind of... we need help. So... Uh, the weird thing is that this, you know, just a kind of innocuous kind of suggestion by me led to this like cascade of weird discussions and like um, to the point where like, uh, you know, basically everybody had to come together and they were going to like actually call this. Um, So, uh, you know, it it was something that I I think that they agreed not to call it angular native for those reasons that I mentioned and and are actually going to, um, just marketed as native script for Angular, but which is, you know, uh,
4: it always not as sexy. It always cracks me up. How much time is spent on names? I like I was when we were working. It was like what almost two years ago now. I was working on the Angular course at Code School, and we were going back and forth on Angular or Angular JS, and I think we ended up going with the JS. And now I think it was last week that they were talking and they said that they're getting rid of the JS. And so it's just so funny how much time you can spend just something. So, but you have to think about what are people going to, like you're saying the connotations behind, Oh, it's the Google team or it's not. So, yeah.
0: I would honestly waver back and forth. Like I would go for like a week where I would just be like, Oh my God, I don't even, this is not even worth, why am I spending any time talking about this and like arguing with like Arguing with these different parties about anything, and like, why am I even doing this? I don't care that much. But then I'm gonna be like, actually, like, but it would be like actually pretty useful. Like, it, it would, It's it's a name, but like, it's actually a name is like names matter. Like, and so then I flip on the other side, and then I would argue it again, and I. So, so.
4: And then you look at yourself in the I mirror, and you're like, what am I doing with my life?
0: <laughs>
3: I just had to pull up this this pie chart here. It is so perfect.
4: Can you zoom in? <laughs> like zoom. Zoom on the pie.
3: What are people's programmers' hardest task naming things? Forty nine percent.
0: This is good. Oh well. But I, um,
2: so what did you say, Mike? So the name may not be official, but anytime that I hear native script, all I can think of is Angular Native, or it's I assume that it's a native script application using Angular. That's the only thing that comes to my mind, and that's just me from where I'm coming from. So to me, native script means Angular Native.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, uh, the the point native script is awesome, uh, and, and, and also by the way, I just want to uh, make sure I point out that says nothing about like, I I still um, love Ionic as well. Like I, 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 um, both the libraries is like two different use cases. Whereas like native script and react native are like sort of like direct competitors, like where you either, if you're on react, you probably are going to go with react native. If you're on and you, and you need a, like something really close to the metal. Um, then you probably are going to go with angular native or native script, whatever. But, um, I actually view Ionic as like something like uh, you can certainly build whatever apps you build in uh, native script in Ionic. Um, I, I, I think I, Ionic is for web developers much easier to get started. And most people I recommend actually for most people to actually start with Ionic first and like see if you can actually, what you can do with your mobile app just because it's like, so much easier for a web developer to get into like all the concepts are much more aligned, but when you have a need where like, you actually have um, want to like get a level deeper to do an Ionic, but I, I just, uh, I I just really enjoyed um, for that type of situation uh, using and kind of building things that you actually have control over all the like native, Functionality in, in a much easier way. But Anyway, so that was that. And, and uh, obviously, I see that Mike is a big fan too. Is that we both have native script shirts? Is that Austin? Are you wearing a native script shirt too? Or is, that no, just a this shirt?
3: is just some blue shirt that I found oh. because I wanted to match you guys? <laughs> okay. I'm not kidding. We did this yeah. right before the call.
2: <laughs> That's Austin's TypeScript shirt. Oh, no,
3: it's my coffee script shirt.
0: (laughs) We're right at the top of the show, so let's get into picks, um, and I'll save the last topic for my pick. So um, why don't we start off with Mike with your picks.
2: Sure. Um, I have two picks. Uh, The first one, no surprise, we just actually talked about it. My first pick is NativeScript. Both a pro and a con for it. Uh, I think it tells a really compelling story about what you can build with NativeScript. Um, and I spent some time talking to uh, Dan Wilson on the NativeScript team uh, this past weekend uh, down at DevFest, Florida. And he um, really painted an even better picture. Uh, the only negative that I've come across with is I've been racking my brain to try and find an app to write with, <laughs> so to write uh, used in NativeScript. So trying to find, uh, find reasons to write um, in a NativeScript application. Um, and my other pick, because I've never picked it in the times that I've been on the show, is the Angular CLI. Um, use it, it makes your life a lot easier with writing <laughs> applications. Uh, yeah. application. Oh, I just did. <laughs> so th- there's a lot of uh, really interesting things coming down the pipe uh, with this CLI. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. All
0: right, uh, Austin.
3: Um, you know what I mentioned earlier the uh, Animate Talk, not anime. And a mate um, at Engine Europe. Uh, I'm really, I really need the expressions, <laughs> um, and so I'm really excited about what's coming out of that.
0: Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, and we'll have a link for all this in the show notes. And uh, Alyssa, how about you?
4: I don't have a pick. I'm so sorry. I was ill prepared for the pick session.
0: Uh, I think your pick is to go vote. Tell everybody to go vote. (laughs) Go
4: vote. (laughs) Please.
0: If you're in the U.S., (laughs) um, 953 people watching live right now, uh, go vote. All right. And Justin.
1: All right. So my picks are uh, this broadcast channel API and the channel messaging API in the browsers. Um, just kind of discovered this yesterday, so I'm kind of playing with that. Uh, the the channel messaging API is this way to um, broadcast messages between browser contexts, uh, kind of one-to-one, and then the broadcast channel is a way to do one-to-many. Um, channel messaging it, it is more widely supported than broadcast channel right now, but it's kind of a way where you can, in JavaScript channel, and then su- uh, subscribe to it And then from different browser tabs, different, like an iframe within your page, um, be able to communicate back and forth. So checking that out.
0: Cool. Thanks, Justin. All right. So, and my last pick uh, is Angular Air. Uh, I'm picking this show. Uh, It is something that I uh, picked up from Kenzie Dodds, uh, took over from him uh, a year and a half ago, something like that. And uh, it's been great, but I actually, with, like I mentioned, a lot of the stuff that I'm starting to work on now, uh, I just, time is like crazy. And, uh, you know, especially with, you know, a big team where, like, I have to, in the short term at least, spend a lot of time mentoring and, and getting everybody to speed. Um, it's, it's hard to justify pretty much anything outside of just, Doing this one thing and like for a long time I've uh I've actually spent a lot of time kind of like splitting myself into a million different pieces doing like you know six different open source projects and a podcast and you know blogs and you know in addition to like my normal nine to five job and that's all well and good especially when you're bootstrapping like it actually works really well because like that's how you kind of like community and kind of um Get the feedback that you need uh, when you have such a small team, but when we're on this kind of shortened time frame, where like when you accept VC money, kind of the downside, it's that you know basically you got to show returns in a very short time frame, or um, you know it's like all or nothing, right? Uh, so I gonna I'm kind of putting all my eggs into a short time period, um, and so that means kind of stepping back a little bit from Angular Air. So fortunately, uh, you know, Justin and a lot of uh, the other panel members have kind of stepped up and they've been doing an awesome job. And so uh, they're going to kind of continue and, you know, make the show even better. And I am going to still come back and join the show as a panelist from time to time when I do have a, a little bit of breathing room or have something to talk about or whatever. But... Uh, but as far as like most of the weekly activities, I've already started um, paring down, as, as I'm sure Justin's been doing a lot more of the hosting, and I'll continue. So um, we, Justin and I have a lot of big plans uh, for the future, and like it is going to e- just get better. So, uh, nothing is, is is it's no bad, and nothing bad is happening. Like it's it's all all good. Uh, but yeah, it's just uh, one of these things that uh, I'm going to have to be more. Uh, in the back seat than the than the front seat for uh for a while. So um which you know I'm fine with because uh all of you guys here and, and everybody else who's involved with Angular ha is just awesome. So uh, yeah, that's basically it.
1: <laughs> all right um well hey we we definitely want to say thank you for everything that you've done up to this point i mean you've made it, it took over made an awesome show and and it's uh you know really accelerated keep this thing alive and um you know brought a lot of great content to the community got a lot of us involved and i mean you know you can't ask for anything more right but thank you
0: i appreciate that Justin. so um yeah let me know Good if on. thanks mike Uh, Let me know if everybody has any questions, but um, I, I, again, uh, it will, we'll be back next week and every week thereafter. And uh, so, uh, all right.
3: Carry the torch.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Have a good weekend, everyone. See ya.
1: See ya.